0: Diamonds are forever. They won't leave in the night. I've no fear that they might deserve
1: me. Diamonds are forever. forever. Throw your diamonds in the sky if you feel the vibe. Diamonds are forever. The rock is still alive every time I rhyme. Never will we ever be able to actually use that when we broadcast that online we have absolutely no way of being able to pay the royalty fee for that here we are shaking not stirred the definitive james bond movie podcast here we are diamonds are forever our good friend sean connery returning after a a brief hiatus uh, welcome boys how we doing everything's good can we talk about Kanye real quick
0: is is any other bond song been fucking dubbed into a rap song i don't know about that
1: I don't know. I mean, look, it's off the top of my head, it's the second Bond song that's been covered, covered, dubbed, right? Made my background, so.
0: Great, great rap song. Also a great
2: Bond song, but we'll get into that. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get into that. We've happy to be happy. back, fellas. Here we go. Keep on rolling. Yeah, rolling it back. Pretty middle-of-the-road movie for me, honestly, but we're going to get into it. Same. Not my favorite, but
3: it's a, it's it's enjoyable.
2: It wasn't my worst that we scored so
0: far, I'll, I'll hint to that.
1: After the rewatch, in comparison, at least in comparison to you guys, I think I'll probably sky-high here. I forgot how much I really like this movie. Peaks and valleys, but the peaks are great. But obviously the valleys here are death valleys, I mean, they're, they're terrible. So, you know, obviously at this point of the series, we've now been through a previous Bond, we're now back to James Bond. It's as if certain things have never taken place in the Bond universe. Director Guy Hamilton, our, our man Richard Maybaum, who has been the lead writer, all here. At this point of the series, I believe our commandant, uh, Ian Fleming, has since passed away. And now we're basically going all screenwriting, little less of the books. So Let's break into the overall plot, overall thoughts. Overall plot, I thought here, I hate that they didn't acknowledge Honor
0: Majesties at all. You have Bond, who just had his, his woman murdered by Blofeld. And there's no mention of it here. You have plenty of interaction between the two characters throughout the film. If I'm Bond, I'm gonna want to rip this guy's throat out, and he's not doing a goddamn thing about it. I think that really hurts the plot for me. But overall, you know, some diamond smuggling leads to Blofeld being like building this giant diamond laser in space. So I wasn't sold on it. I g- I give it a four point five. I thought overall the lack of Continuing on whatever Bond dealt with in the past was
3: a problem, but yeah, that negatively affected my score as well. I was at a five-five. The diamond smuggling was fun. I liked the space lasers, but they were just no build on a great cliffhanger they left, and nothing was done about it except for a minor mention in the beginning, where he's like, "I'll see you in Hellblowfeld," but that's it.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, DJ. I. I don't know which Bond film they're trying to follow. Are they following on Her Majesty's? Or are they trying to pick up where they left off on You Only Live Twice? Either way, it's a different Blofeld. They're changing Blofelds out more than they're changing Bonds at this point. Agreed. Uh, so I'm kind of lost at that. I, I didn't live through the 60s. I don't know if there's a shortage on Blofelds. I don't know. But I will I will tell you, I did give it a 5.0. I did appreciate the Vegas aspect of it. I liked Seeing uh, Bond in Vegas, and we'll get into a little bit of the performance part of that. I, I like the Vegas aspect of it. Listen, I, mean, I think overall there was a little bit of a late reveal to, like, Blofeld's plan.
1: Yeah, Listen. I love that. I mean, complete disagreement with all you guys. I, I'm high here. I think this is an 8.0 on the plot. I think this is one of the more thought-out plots Plot points throughout the whole movie is a lot going on. Kind of a tale of two movies, right? I think up until like the first 55 minutes, you don't know what's going on. The curtain continues to get revealed as, as Bond is portraying different people. Um, I mean, but the ultimate here is, you know, the multi-billionaire, you know, Willard White is kidnapped. Blofeld is pretending to be him for, I don't know, one, two, five years. The guy's got hold of a, a diamond encrusted space laser. Reminds me of uh, Mr. Freeze and Batman and Robin. And then plans to hold every nuclear nation hostage at the highest bidder. I mean, I'm- he's cloning himself at this point. Like, Three times. I mean, there's so, so much good to go on here. Now,
0: I mean, whether problem, there's a lack of Blofelds, like Trey said, and they got to start yeah. cloning them, I don't know. But
1: <laughs> what, I, what, I, what I find interesting, though, is like if you watch some of the opening scene and when we get to that, there's so much to unpack in that like pre-opening scene. But at one point after we get through, you know, Shirley Basie crushing it once again. Bond sitting there with M and, you know, not drinking the sherry. There's a whole weird thing where, like, they refer to him and Blofeld and coming back from holiday. They kind of think that something happened. It's a really weird interaction that kind of alludes to something happening in the previous movie. But, like, obviously, if the, guy, the man's wife has died, it's, that, that part there was, it was a little confusing.
0: Yeah, I, I scored it a 4.5. Overall, I thought the plot was a little weak. I mean, I see your points. I understand them. I think he was a slow buildup. I hated that they didn't acknowledge on our majesties. I know we talked about it in the last pod about, you know, which came first. Was it, you know, twice or what was
1: like the order of sequence here? But that's where I will respectfully disagree with you and, I'll pop this clip up and it'll take us into the Bond performance. I feel like the opening of this movie paid homage to On Her Majesty's because they took a similar tact where you just heard a voice, you never saw his face um, until there was a reveal exactly how they did it in Her Majesty's when they changed Bonds. So I think there was a direct give to it, but they just ignored it in the chronology of the movie.
2: <laughs> where is
1: Blowfire?
3: Ky- Cairo! Hit me. Who are you?
0: My name is Bond. James Bond.
1: I mean, I think there's a, a direct homage to you know to On Her Majesty's with with the reveal there, and then you get him walking down and it's Connery again and he delivers the line. I think they were almost dismissing on Her Majesty's here. It's kind of a diss to to Lazenby bringing him back, but
0: Oh yeah, I mean are you're going you're going back now, you're just imagining that Honor and Majesty didn't happen, right? So yeah. you're going back to You Only Live Twice. So now he's looking for Blofeld after he exited the volcano. Yeah. So like you're just forgetting that Bond had his wife murdered and like a huge plot line here in, in the whole sequence yeah. of films. And I, I think that's a whole a miss for the for the whole sequence here.
1: Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you there. So so moving back into it, so we get a uh... – our good friend uh Sean Connery returns
3: as a uh, James Bond. What do we think? Speaking He's of it, he is old. The toupee is noticeable. I love when he just ripped off the girl's top. Chokes 30. her with little. We'll get. We'll get. Yeah, we'll we'll get back to that. Yeah, I saved that.
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a fantastic opening. Takes the top off and then chokes her out with it. Now, what I don't know is does she die? Because they just cut away. Is she considered a casualty? Uh, none of the none of the rankings I've seen. I don't know if they consider her a death. Death by bikini.
3: She, I think.
0: I don't think this was Connery's best performance by any means, but I think he had a few bullets left in the chamber here. He did an admiral job. I think he was a little bit older, but he probably still had, you know, maybe one or two Bond films still left in the tank. I think if he if he did Honor Majesty's, he would have done a great job. And I think oh, this one, as a Bond performance, wasn't bad. And I think he probably could have done one or two more after this if, if he uh, – Actually, wanted to. So,
1: if you gave me Connery at the time he did Goldfinger, this probably would have been better. I'm up at an 8.0 here. I think this is one of Connery's better of the Connerys. I think it's Doctor No. I think it's Goldfinger, and then I think it's this one. I don't think the other I don't don't think Thunderball. I don't think uh, actually even from Russia's up there. But I don't think um, you know you only live twice. Even compare. I mean, clearly, and you only live twice. Connery is you know phoning it in. He came back to put a performance in here. He had something to prove here. I think that's somewhat noticeable. He's a little older, but this is a much better Connery than you had the last time he played Bond, no question. I, yeah,
0: I, I think he was better oh, than you really twice. I scored him a seven. I had him lower than the first four. I thought the first four were definitely better performances, but I thought he was way better in this one and, and more invigorated than you only lived twice. And like I said, I think he had a few more, a few more films in him. I don't think he was done, necessarily, at this film. I think he had he had a few more Bond films in him if he really wanted to pursue it.
2: Yeah, is it just me, or did he sound more so in this movie than the previous? i don't know, however many four or five, he sounded more like more Scottish, like super Scottish in this yeah. movie. I feel like than any of the previous ones. Now, I think an accent really came out in a lot of of uh, the scenes, but. uh, he, he whipped out the white smoking jacket again. Mm-hmm. I, I love that on Connery, man. That white suit. Love yeah. it.
3: Great for Vegas.
2: Yeah, I gave it a 7.5. I thought it was a pretty solid performance. And I scored that more than your only lift twice as well. Um, I would say that's his worst. And this was just above that. But I don't know. I, I really liked his performance as Thunderball. Goldfinger.
3: I think the first four were better, but I think this yeah. is better than you will Live twice. I agree, and I think his this is his fifth best in my opinion, but I still think it could fall in the top ten overall of bond performances.
2: Right. I would uh I but to Mike's point, I would love to see a younger Sean Connery go wild in Vegas.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> did go wild in Vegas and but he had, had a I think, I think the destination plays
0: well to old Connery. Yeah, I could agree with that. If you're gonna put old Connery in like a, a fucking exotic destination, you're like, what the fuck is this old guy doing fighting on the beach, or what is But like, you see him at the craft's table, or you see him just like yeah. having a good time in Vegas. You're just like, maneuvering, oh, like, look at this old maneuvering
1: boy. around the strip in the parking lots of Las Vegas just seemed like the perfect place for him. Yeah, I mean, how old I, is he? I think it plays well? How old is he in this movie? Does, does anybody have that fat? Top of my head, no, but. If you continue talking about something, I'll get that
3: fact for you. There was a quote by Sean Connery. He said he felt like a skull with legs after filming this movie. He would golf all day, days where he wasn't filming, party all night, days and nights after filming. He was a zombie, which... What the hell else I, are you going to do in Vegas? Connery was
1: 40, yeah. by the way.
3: Go on a damn you're tour. Gonna film,
0: you're going to film it in Vegas, and you're going to have like the biggest Playboy character be like, alright, well... You expect me not to go out and gamble and party all night and come back in and film the next morning? Like...
2: I, do, I do like his intro in this one, too, more so than some of the other previous films where he's just kind of walking up. There's, like, big reveal. He's back. And then proceeds to choke a bitch out with, his, with their bikini top.
3: He yeah. made fortune, too.
1: So, interestingly, Connery was 41 when this movie debuted in 71. That's actually the same age as Pierce Brosnan's first
2: movie as Bond.
0: Yeah, I mean, back in the day, that, that's an old man.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he just looks it too, I feel like. Yeah. He, doesn't, he looks 51, not 41. I mean, look, you know, back then those Talk about
0: his hairpiece.
2: They lived hard, so, man.
0: He definitely carries that age a lot in this film.
1: You also gotta appreciate the old crotchety nature, right? And we'll dig into the the opening scene because I feel like there's so much to unpack in the uh, post-gun barrel, pre-title song sequence. But how about at the very end of it, where Sean Connery kicks Blowfeld into the water and tells him to welcome to hell? Where that come from? <laughs> you know, that's a little unusual for Double yeah. the- O. I'm assuming, I'm
0: assuming Double O is gonna be like, well, I'm already guaranteed to be in hell for the amount of body count that yeah. piled up. So
1: that's tailor-made for a, a classic Bond quip, and he just tells Blofeld, "Welcome to hell." You know, that one was a little, a little different for me.
2: Yeah, he he throws out bitch a lot too in this one. I say a lot. He throws out bitch in there as well. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which I hope we see that clip at some point. But yeah older older bond
0: is that is that the first bond that we're seeing like a little bit more of like a, like a, chip? Uh,
2: a pg13 something yeah. or, you know,
0: outside of like the innuendos it's just the language gets you know i guess edited. so
2: it's got to be the first curse words i would think in a bond film right no possibly i'm sure
0: i i don't think I, I can't remember any other ones that that actually threw
2: that out there up to this point no I don't know if he can say pussy as much as he has in any films these days. And they right. won't rate Listen, that's a woman's name.
0: That that was the character's name. He wasn't cursing. He was just calling her Where, by her name.
2: Yeah, that, and he refers to the cat.
1: Right, right, cat, wrong
2: pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great,
1: great quote. Speaking of uh, speaking of pussies, explosives, oil, electronics, houses, aviation. I've done rather well with it, too. Tried to cut some of the fat off, but actually,
0: Mr. White's a splendid administrator. (laughs) Damn thing runs itself. I suppose you've killed him. Nothing so melodramatic. So who's going to miss someone who's already missing? How clever you are, Mr. Bond.
1: So we've got not one, not two, but three Blofelds in this movie, one that gets murdered in a bath of mustard in the opening scene, and then we've got these two guys right here. Numero uno. Hey, that was
0: hot mud that was not mustard oh it sure <laughs> looked like
1: mustard yeah it, it was, was actually, looked like mustard.
0: actually mashed potatoes but <laughs> at this point i'm fucking over blowfield's fucking shtick man yes yes uh, again we're changing Blowfields, and i think i think the past Blowfield is way better than this one i'm willing to fight the fact that Blofeld with the scar is better than this guy. I think this might have been the worst Blofeld of the bunch. And, you know, you decide to clone this motherfucker. I mean... I will,
1: I will concede to you that he needs the scar. I will vehemently die on the hill. That Henderson from You Only Live Twice gets reincarnated here as Blofeld. First off, it's the exact same actor. This guy just... This guy looks devious. He looks psychopathic. I happen to believe he is my favorite Blofeld to this point. I mean, this guy has taken over a a multi-billionaire's penthouse, has all of the trappings, has a oil rig on the ocean, is able to clone himself, has maneuvered people around. He has the best gadgets in this movie by far, by the way. My score for gadgets are Blofeld's gadgets here. This is peak, peak supervillain to me. I mean, this guy is maneuvering things, maneuvering money. He has taken over a, a multinational company without anybody realizing and is figuring out a way to put a laser in space and then hold the world hostage. I disagree with you. Vehemently. Well, that's because I'm, 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 I'm 8.0 here. Box. I'm 8.0 here. He's got the voice box. That's how he took over. Like, of course. No,
0: nobody's seeing the fucking, the guy that's held captive over here because he's just got a fucking, no one's coming into the office and having a meeting with the guy. Like, what, what's going on? And that this, guy's in
2: his basement. Well we're gonna get to it, but he's just locked in his basement or something. Like And it doesn't seem bothered by it, by the way. Yeah. Oh, you, you met my friends Thumper and Bambi. Oh
0: yeah. 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 We're gonna get to it. This guy's this guy's not having any meetings. Like Yeah, he's, what? He's, fucking, he's running a casino at a fucking hotel in Vegas, he's not having any
1: fucking meetings. This guy's and fucking phoning are- in. He's don't calling in on his fucking yes. I don't care. He's got a whole penthouse. He's mysterious. People in Vegas on the strip know the story that nobody's seen him in five years. That is the most Vegas thing possible. Oh, this guy runs it, but nobody's seen him.
2: How okay. lazy is the CIA not knowing about this? Why does it take someone? Oh, whole,
1: whole, whole different ballgame there, but like still to, to the point bullshit. we're sticking on, on Blowfield here. 8.0, no question.
2: I gave it a six point five. I'm with DJ. I'm tired. I'm tired of Blowfield. I need something else. I mean, this is how many in a row? This is one. This is the third time. Third and it's ev- it's
1: everything but Goldfinger.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's just I don't know. I'm tired of it. Sheesh. I six point five. Like I'm I'm through. I'm ready for this other jabroni. We're gonna get to in the next movie, but. A whole bunch of yeah.
1: Jabroni's gonna be a whole list of Jabronis coming up. <laughs> my
2: score my score
0: matches you. I'm I'm at a six right here with this blowfield. I think he's one of the weakest Blowfelds we've ever seen here. I don't think that this guy is menacing at all. I think Bond can come in and fucking destroy him in a second.
2: Yeah. He's a he's
0: a, it's not like on our Majesty's where he's struggling to fight this guy and, yeah.
2: and he's and, Kevin McAllister. He's Bond Kevin McAllister and, he doesn't have any menacing
0: scars. He's actually like a decent looking old guy. He's just kind of, oh yeah, I'm running this Vegas casino now. I'm having a good time. Yeah, here we are. I don't have a fucking scar on my face. I'm not a I'm not disheveled mess. I gave him a six and I'm, I'm overall tired of Blofeld. I'm. I'm done watching him. I want to see something else. Give me something new.
3: All right, I'll give you something new. Well, that's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve.
0: I don't dress for the hired help. Let's see your passport,
3: Franks. Yeah, I
2: think she stinks. I think she's not great looking. I think she falls like ass backwards into helping Bond unintentionally. I want more Plenty O'Toole. I, I gave it 3.5. If it wasn't for Plenty O'Toole, it would have been a one for me.
3: Same. Like, what a terrible rebound for James Bond to deal with Tiffany Case. She sucks. Yeah. I yeah, want on this O'Toole.
0: I think – I think Tiffany Case was actually decent looking, but here's the biggest thing for me. I scored it a five overall. I love Plenty of Tool. If it was, if there was more Plenty of Tool in this film, this would have skyrocketed. Sure. But here, here's my biggest thing with with Tiffany Case. She started out as a fucking dynamo. She was fucking fantastic in the beginning. Who the hell are you? What's going on? Like she was fucking with it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, halfway through the film, you're like. Her oh, brain is just mush. We just yeah. gotta make her fucking stupid. Like we're just yeah. gonna fucking snap our fingers and peaks and valleys character altogether. Peek, I Peek. think I think she started off as a fucking great character. That first interaction with Bond and her and like the hotel and everything like that was fucking fantastic. But it slowly like as she as she progresses as a character, I, I think the writers were just like, well, fuck, we don't want another like really fucking intelligent Bond girl. We just need to destroy this
1: character. Yeah. And just fucking plummeted it. I'm I'm with you. I was I was a 5.5. 5. Like, whimsied herself into shit. Yeah, I'm a 5.5. 5. Peaks and valleys. First interacting, she's fantastic. She's outsmarting. She's got the fingerprints. She's checking things. She's witty. She's moving around them. It's 1971, so I think she uh, I think she falls victim to uh, a look of the times. She's got the short, poofy perm. Had she had a different hairdo, I think a lot of people would, would view her significantly more positive. I do think she's in a very attractive Bond girl. Uh, there's a number that, there are a number that are more attractive. Like I said, I think the, the hair does, her, does not do her the justice she deserves. But yeah, apparently as soon as she crosses the Atlantic, any gumption and intelligence just completely goes out the window.
2: Yeah. I'm a hate guy though. I'm big on the hair. Like if your hair stinks, I don't, I don't want anything to do with you. Like Halle Berry, like when she cut her hair and she was a box girl, stinks. I don't think she was attractive. Like even the least bit, even in a bikini, but besides the point, Tiffany case, I, I would agree with you. The very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Great. But then at the end of the movie, she can't pick out a bomb and a cake? Like, how are we, how are we confusing this plastic? Or more, or more importantly,
1: when, when Bond's in the crane picking Blofeld up out of the ocean, he goes, grab the gun, and she shoots it and just falls off the back <laughs> of the platform?
2: <laughs> Awful. It's so Awful. bad.
1: Awful. She's in a bikini
0: here, at this point, on the ship. Oh, here, I changed this out. No, you fucking dumb bitch. She replaced it with the real one. Fuck you.
1: Yeah. How, do you, how does she get so
0: dumb to that point? At the start of the film... But what's, what's weird Bond, is where when they really this hurt. hustle with, like, the assassin, she's just like, hey, you killed James Bond. Like, she's,
1: she's in the know. She knows shit. Yeah, but then also, prior, in the, and when we get to the end of this, she knows enough to cozy up to Blofeld. So all of a sudden, she's, she's kind of on the bad side. She backs into working with Bond. Then she just is there. Then she kind of goes against them and then she's with Blofeld. Look, the scene where they're in the two-story penthouse in the hotel and she's sitting there in that little weird tub with the big fuzzy blanket on her. She looks spectacular, spectacular. Best looking scene for her
2: all movie. I think she's like the bottom five of best looking Bond girls. No, the real eye candy in the movie though.
3: Hi, I'm Plenty.
2: But of
1: course you are.
3: Plenty or 2
2: Named after your father
3: perhaps.
0: I love that quote. I put it in, in my quotes, but named after your father, perhaps, after she <laughs> drops Plenty O'Toole. So good.
1: <laughs> Didn't even bother to look up who the actress was because her acting performance here is utterly terrible, but she brings so much to the scene.
0: Oh, I love, I love Plenty, and she's got the Bond name. The, you yes, know, yes. Name. It, it's great. Plays off with a great joke there where, oh, named after your father, perhaps. Yeah, Plenty mm-hmm. O'Toole. Yeah, I guess I guess he's fucking fully loaded, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm a five point five here on the overall. It's a weak category for the movie.
3: Her name was Lana Wood, and she was a former playmate before mm-hmm. the movie. So before the movie, before the movie, she showed up. Is,
1: is that why when they kill James Bond, they reveal that he has a Playboy Club credit card in his wallet? And also during the course of the movie,
3: Sean Connery dated both of the actresses in uh line EO2 was so happy to say it in every interview.
2: That's awesome. That just confirms our theory that Sean Connery is banging every single one of these Bond girls. Oh yeah, hundred percent.
3: Yeah, I mean,
0: listen, Sean Connery was living and dying by Bond as his character. Like, yeah, he just he's just taking that in every aspect that he needs.
2: What a world where you can just—I I bet he stayed in character probably the entire time that he's filming. Just stay stick with that James Bond character, especially in Vegas. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have left Vegas if I was Bond in Vegas. What like, what else he doing? <laughs> oh, amazing! i a tired there! I, this is why I love Sean Connery. This this is why I think he's the best. I feel like
1: I haven't looked any of this up, but I feel like on the sneak, Roger Moore was probably a dirty dog.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. He's an old creepy old man for sure. For sure. Yeah, for sure. We'll sneak
0: into his performances next next pod, but back to Bond Girl, I scored it a five. Plenty of tool plenty of tool help that.
1: Name is number two.
0: This is
2: my Italian confidential secretary. Her name is Alotta. Alotta Vagina. Come
3: again. Alotta Vagina.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, I'm just not getting it. it. sounded like you said your name was a lot of uh, never mind. <laughs> Classic. Her bad acting, plenty of tools, bad acting for I guess what I'm assuming is her first movie. Makes me appreciate Lazenby's first acting in a movie. How, like, well he did. Me and Plenty O'Toole do this bad. Makes me appreciate I might have to Be, go back because to her, her I
1: mean, Her actual delivery of lines is just god-awful. <laughs> god-awful. So
0: Literally bad. Lines and, and just, like, awareness of where she's at in the scene.
2: Yes.
1: Just, she just
0: looks so out of place, always. And it's just, like, she all like mm-hmm. she appears out of out of, like, nowhere. Oh, hey, I'm Plenty O'Toole. What the fuck is going on? Like, a smoke show, but what, yeah. what the fuck is going on?
1: And on top of that, they do absolutely no justice for her. She shows up to Bond's hotel room. The funeral guys launch her out the window. She lands in a pool. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she's just drowning. She's just completely drowned in a pool. They really do absolutely no justice to her poor character.
3: She was supposed to get killed off by Mr. Kidd, but they cut that from the final script. And uh, was there a particular reason why you re-showed that number two clip from uh, Austin Powers? A lot of vagina. Well, uh, Tiffany Case actress actually went on to marry the fellow who played number two. That's fantastic. I saw it, and I'm like, that has to be fake. Rob Lowe? <laughs> it's real.
1: No, 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 no. cool wow. man, Rob Lowe? No, no, Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe plays him like fake later on at the end when they make the fake movie. Robert Wagner. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about like
2: number,
0: the real number two from. No,
2: no Rob
3: Lowe is a gold member. She married the Austin Powers number two, <laughs> Tiffany Case. The original
2: number two in Austin Powers.
0: The original number two, not Rob Lowe.
2: The
3: one with the eye patch. Yeah. I was
0: going to say, Rob Lowe is my favorite number two.
2: <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> but mm-hmm. all right. Bond girl. Let's, let's get on. That's up on girl right there. Yeah, are we going on
3: to this Ford Mustang that he's driving around Vegas? Guns, cars, gadgets, boys. Guns, cars, gadgets. Bring that Q has for the slot machine. Amazing. Yeah.
2: That's the most I think underrated gadget in this whole deal. And we didn't get to really see much of it. I feel like I love
0: it. I love I love seeing a little
2: Q scene there also. Yeah.
0: Uh, Outside of him just like giving Bond gadgets, he's just having fun in the casino. He's like, hey, yeah, he brought me to Vegas. I might as well just fucking use my knowledge and fuck Uh, this place. But also
1: the scene where they use the voice recorder where he uses it against Blofeld. Bond makes a quip and Q's like, no, I invented this for my nephews last Christmas. Really got to love it. I'm high here. I'm I'm on an 8.0. What I really appreciated about this one is that while you you love the quintessential Q scene where Bond goes to the to the MI6 dungeon and picks out some equipment and then uses it later on what I liked here is equipment happened and then Q gives the reveal later on. You get the uh, the fingerprint thing on, you know, that saves him. You get the voice recorder. Blofeld's henchmen have the cave that literally lifts up and it's in the middle of the desert. You get the giant water balloon that Bond's walking across the water with. Blofeld's got a battle sub, which I imagine is armed to the T. I mean, Q's scene where he's talking to Bond and they're loading the missiles into the Aston Martin in the background. I mean, plus the ring. I mean, this is a great movie for gadgets where there's a lot of them, but they're not celebrated and cheesy the way they could be. Really good job here on these. I I was
0: right with you. I scored it an eight. I thought the peel away fingerprints was awesome. That whole scene where it was early in the film, but the fact that, that Bond is peeling away these fingerprints sure. with the whole Tiffany case and everything, like... Showing, oh, this is this is actually me. Was was I mean, great. even
1: even Tiffany Case has the like the giant camera where she takes the photo of the glass and then opens the drawer and has the side by side fingerprint. The gadgets yep. and gizmos are they're believable and they're introduced in a non-comical way in this movie. I think they do a really good job here. I yeah. agree. I, th- I thought that was great.
0: The repel gun when you're climbing out of the hotel that was a cool that was a cool little like small gadget but still great. Yep. I thought the voice box was excellent for both parts, like you said the the cue piece of it and blowfeld's piece of it and I thought the slot machine ring was underrated yes. you know it was great
1: i would I would go to the casino and rob it, no problem, and don't forget <laughs> yeah. the, and don't forget the prelude to the world is not enough with the tunnel welding machine that bond stops
0: yeah, yep.
2: Yeah, I, I gave it a 6.5. Y'all cover pretty much everything. Uh, DJ, my favorite one was the slot machine ring. I put points off because to Mike's point, where, where he gave more points, Blofeld has all the gadgets here, I feel like. Mm-hmm. This is how I'm scoring. I'm scoring it towards Bond. I mean, he's driving a Ford Mustang. I, I'm not really crazy about it. I'm an old-fashioned guy, I guess, but I don't know. I, I gave it a 6.5. Is average to me.
3: Blofeld had the better gadgets here. I agree. I was at a seven, but that ring was just so great in a Q1 after during all the after-set interviews. His favorite ring, the, his favorite tool, the one thing he wishes that was doable in real life. I, I love me a degenerate Q. Yeah. I mean, listen,
0: I love, I love the peel-away
3: fingerprints. Yeah. I, th-
0: mm-hmm. I thought that was most practical. I thought it was very doable and great in, in the practicality of the scenes in this film.
2: Yeah. Do you think uh, British Intelligence uh, emailed, or maybe not emailed, but gave producers a call about, hey, do you have any of these peel-away fingerprints? They probably already had it. They, they, asked about, I mean, they asked about the breather. Yeah, <laughs> they asked about the underwater breather. They probably already had the
0: peel-away fingerprints, in my opinion. They can they can probably make that out of wax and put something on there to just,
2: Yeah. I don't
0: know. I, I thought the peel-away fingerprints were, were essential
2: here. That's why I scored I a higher probably mm-hmm. than most people, but I... I thought it was great. I gave it an A. Uh, versus like a couple of movies where we're not getting these gadgets, I would, yeah. Like Honor Majesty's and Doctor No, we're not getting stuff like this. Compared to those movies, this is probably one of the better gadgets, I guess, filled movies. That well, and.
0: After, after Thunderball. Thunderball yeah. didn't have a whole lot. Yeah. And, and Honor Majesty didn't have a whole
2: lot. Yep. So I, I couldn't score this higher than You Only Live Twice because I loved Little Nelly that much. But, yeah, it's pretty average to me. All right, moving on. Stop right there. Who are you? Dr. Tynan sent us.
3: Why didn't he come himself? He was taken sick.
2: Bitten by the bug.
1: No. Get our first look at LGBTQ mm. characters here in the uh, the James Bond world. Right? Are, are they gay? I mean, they go walking away holding hands. I, I believe that's what they're trying to allude to in the 1971 world. Listen, I might be in the
0: camp of... The opposite spectrum here, but I fucking hated Winton Kidd.
2: Yes. Me too. Oh, see, I'm, I'm
1: polar opposite here. Okay. I'm sky, I mean, I am sky high on these two, except yeah, for the fact still that. they are
3: here, 50-50. Look at that. that
1: they did. <laughs> I hate them. You and Supo love them. I think these two, and they introduced them as meticulous, detailed, the two of them are scary as shit and psychopathic. But they're not fucking detailed. They fuck up no. everything they do. No, they're They are detailed up until the point they just leave Bond's body in a tube. That's where I finally bumped, right? Because they purposefully kill the doctor, then go and kill off the guy here. I mean, they're literally following everybody around to a T, and then you just decide to leave bond there that's that's where i really bumped but like these these two they were always there i found them meticulous they're utterly psychopathic they're horrifying henchmen horrifying henchmen leaving body count left and right i'm all for it except for i mean we'll get to the kills where the scorpion kill is just completely unbelievable it just doesn't make in, sense i didn't put sense them
0: as as terrifying i in my notes i said and kid
1: were laughable no, yes. see, I'm, I'm totally, yes. totally disagree with you. I completely completely disagree. And they got such, they got no justice in their death, right? The yeah. guy's hand gets blown on fire, and we do, I, a, we do a cheerleading move where the guy gets flipped upside down but goes over the boat. Terrible. Reduce. It blows up, and the boat has
3: no
2: damage. Yeah, well, we're going to get into that, but their yeah, deaths, their deaths are just as laughable as their characters are. I just, I thought they were just creepy. I don't, I didn't really find them intimidating. They're just creepy. They just... I don't know. It, when I'm comparing them to other henchmen, like Oddjob and Jaws and creepy. Mayday. Creepy. Creepy. Yeah, they're, they're all creepy, but Mayday is going to kick my ass. Dude, Jaws gonna odd gonna job is going to kick out of me. Oddjob is a comical henchman. These two are psychopathic killers. But like, Super you can punch. Fun. Yeah, they're, they're psychopathic killers, but they're going to poison your drink. They're not going to break your neck. Good. Perfect. And but, but I listen, can, I have, the job, in though. parentheses,
0: are they gay? Question mark. <laughs>
3: yeah, they weren't. Yeah.
0: Look, look claim, they made it.
2: The, Bond, the Bond series is just progressive. Just deal with it. Yeah, but do we know? Is is it confirmed? Yeah, like, they just, it was, was a the ends, like, that's like a thing in some, I don't know. I don't know if that was a thing in the, what, what year are we in, 1971? 1971. Was that a thing? Do men hold just hold hands? Like, did straight men just hold hands back then?
3: I don't think so. No, there was a scene where they were on a plane and they made like a gayish comment. Oh, okay. But in real life, uh, yeah, when well, they're talking about had-
1: um, Tiffany Case being good-looking, right? Where he says like
3: that Willow weird scene where they're yeah. sitting in coach right behind Bond in first class. Yeah. Good for them. They also the two actors, they played up Sean Connery the whole filming time, pretending to be gay in real life just to make Sean Connery so uncomfortable then they were hitting on a flight attendant at the end of filming, and he was so fucking pissed off at them. Wow. Listen, that
0: doesn't affect my score at all. If, no. if they were, were no. getting henchmen, no problem. I, didn't,
1: but I, just, I just want clarification. It, it was yeah. I have to imagine that the filmmakers were trying to allude to it because you don't show you don't show these two the two gentlemen walking off and then holding hands after back to back successful kills if you're not trying to allude to it. And look, and kudos to them is that if that's what they were going for the film. Now, again, I disagree with you. I'm, I'm all on board with them being psychopathic. Now, on the contrary, Thumper and Bunny I think are terrible henchwomen. Th- Bambi Thumper and Bambi. I'm oh, sorry, Dumper and Bambi. Yeah, terrible, terrible
2: henchwoman. Hated. Yeah, uh, I I was about to say I, I I liked Bambi. I thought she was hot. I, I thought, thought the fight scene was that. kind of lackluster. When they came like dunking each other in the pool, I thought that was kind of. I mean, but they t- were t- more intimidating. Yeah.
1: I, I would say. No, no. They're, they're, doing, they're doing slow motion gymnastics in the background, and there's a yeah. high bar in the middle of the living room. Get at the fight scene stunk. But well, the, can, we, can we talk about the fact that they're Willard White's henchmen? Where are they, who are they they're protecting? Not, they're, not
0: really, the they're, not, they're not really Blofeld's people here. This is right. Willard White's like Playboy Mansion kind of Thumper and Bambi protection.
2: Yeah, well, why is he hiding in the basement? What are they protecting?
1: Yeah, I mean, then moving to the beginning of the movie, while M looks like he is anemic and dying, they put Moneypenny in a customs uniform, and Moneypenny looks spectacular. In the early beginning of this movie, and was
3: actually dying, by the way.
1: But, yeah, I know. Lee right, he was on his deathbed or on his way. Yeah, I thought. I thought the best supporting cast
0: was Willard White. Oh, he was great. I loved the comic relief. Really. Willard White was hilarious.
2: Yeah, and again, I didn't like the Felix either. I, I like, did
0: not like Felix, but I did
2: mention that he was back. Yeah,
0: you yeah. got to mention that Felix is in this film because he's in right.
2: one. So correct, and I don't think he's in another one in a while, right? After this? Yeah.
0: No, he's he's in one after this.
2: I know, but it's – It's a while. I think it's a while, so
3: yeah. – Could it be Dalton with a license account?
2: Yeah, that's the other notable Felix I can think of. But I gave it a 5.0. I scored uh, a 5.
1: Same. Yeah. I, I like the two of
3: them. I'm a, I'm an 8.0. I'm way higher than you guys are. I'm at a 7.0. I like those two, and I still like uh, Willard White. When uh, his ex-henchman uh, gets shot, Bert Saxby, tell him he's fired right after he got fucking popped in the head.
2: <laughs> Did y'all score this higher than
3: – is this y'all's highest henchman score? So far, definitely not, but I enjoyed him. I got to look. This might match my odd job score. That's terrible. That's
2: terrible. Oh, <laughs> I love this. You're
1: going to hold <laughs> odd job even with these two fuckers? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No way. Yeah. Look, the point of this is I, my score for these two is within the context of the movie, not against other movies. Of course. But in respect to the movie, these two are fantastic. Right. You know, if you're asking me to rank henchmen, odd job above these guys, no question. But within the context of the movie, they are an 8.0. I still hated them in the movie. I I hated them. I still hated them. You know what I don't hate, though?
0: Diamonds are forever. They are all I need to please me. Stimulate to tease me, they won't leave in the night, I've no fear that they might deserve me.
1: This is a top three Bond song for me. I, I love this opening. I think it's a great song. I wouldn't put it top three for me. Top three Bond song for me. I don't think these credits do it justice. I think the, the first third of the credits are really good. Where well, you've got the girl in the uh, the diamond bikini, the diamond on the hand, the diamond gun, and then it gets a little a little quirky, a little too much cat for me. The song itself is a top three bomb song for me. I love this song. It's Shirley Bassey's two. I mean, she's two for two, right? Yeah, this one and Goldfinger, no question. She's one of the best at this.
0: I think it flirts with my top five, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's a guaranteed top three in the overall bond bond song sequence. I wouldn't say it's an overall top three, but I did love the opening song and and credits. I think you get a lot of of look into what's going to happen in the film. You know, you see Blofeld with his cloning technique, and I know you said the drowning in the mustard, but you know, you get the I, hot. I haven't. Action.
1: I haven't unpacked that piece yet because, unfortunately, going from Lazenby back to Connery, we get a terrible gun barrel sequence again. Now, I like the look of the gun barrel because it's got that shiny shimmer diamond look. Sure. But Connery, you go back to Connery, it looks old. It's a half ass knee. It's a bad gun barrel, especially compared to Lazenby. And then you've got a whole bunch of shit going on, I like Bond randomly beating people up before the reveal. You gotta like him choking out the, uh, the woman with her own bikini. And then there's that whole quirky uh, opening with Blofeld where he's throwing surgical knives at people when Blofeld is clearly standing behind him with access to a <laughs> and Bond, nothing happens. And then what, he attacks him and he beats him with the big waffle iron light. I mean, the whole opening sequence, the opening sequence is quirky but it's made better by Shirley Basie's version of this song.
0: Listen, I love, I love that the opening sequence had everything to do with what's going to happen in the film. You had, yeah. you had Blofeld clones and showing the technique, and then you got Bond looking for, for Blofeld. It's like, where is he? And then you got some great quotes in there where it's like, hit me, and he fucking yeah. hits the guy. You got a dark, so you, roof. you got a dark off your chest and he fucking just rips the shit off. <laughs> you, know, it, you got some plenty, plenty great Bond quotes in here. You got a good
1: song. I, I gave it a seven point five. I thought, I, mean, a, I thought overall the opening sequence and song was great. This is your darkest and most ruthless Bond, in my opinion, in the opening. He's tossing guys across the floor. He walks into a casino and punches a guy in the fez. It's possible he killed that woman with her bikini. That's still undetermined. He drowns a, a Blofeld clone in mud mustard and then possibly kills another Blofeld plus two henchmen with knives and tells Blofeld to go to hell. you got a really dark James Bond, who to me, this is the the piece after On Her Majesty's, right? You've got a really angry dude coming here
2: out for blood. Yeah, I would agree with everything you said. I think the opening and intros the strongest part of this movie. It just dives off after that for me. I mean, I gave it an 8.0. The song is top 10. I like the opening credits of the song. I think that even if we're including that into with the song, that's probably top five for me. Bond on a bender at the beginning of the movie just out for revenge, something we haven't seen yet in Bond yet. He's just killing everybody, even possibly this poor girl. Who's just out getting a tan, and next thing you know, she's getting strangled by her own top. I'm saying she's dead. Yeah, I, I would think the betting odds are a higher probability of her being dead. Who is she? What, like, what does she have to do with this? No idea.
1: The uh, you know, fulfilled one time? Like, what happened here? I mean, you know, let's, I guess let's get the counter out, right? Kareem Bay wannabe with the fez gives her up. Vaughn goes looking for her for
2: blood. Yeah, yeah does, does this kill count? Like, if you look up the kill count in the movie, does it include her? I believe it does actually.
1: Bond has five kills in this movie, with a movie that has twenty-nine. Sorry, forty-nine total kills, according to the Guardian's James Bond movie counter. There's another one that has it a little lower. You know, yeah. depending upon as high as John Wick, which I watched yeah. the night. It was I just, awesome.
2: I just hate that. The only thing for the opening, it goes from Bond choking out this girl to. Blofeld in his, like,
3: Mrs. Doubtfire mask. Like That's
2: the only thing I hate about it.
3: Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. I had a solid 6.5. It felt a little flat at times, but solid.
2: I like the song, though. Love song. Song.
3: Kanye thought it was a great song, too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, opening the podcast. I mean, it's got to right. be a classic
0: song. Oh, if you're we, making talk- it, right? we
1: cannot
3: talk about that. But that was Jay-Z. Oh, we can't talk about that?
2: No, I said we can talk about it. Oh, okay. All we right, gotta
3: talk about it. Yeah,
2: we got to talk about it. Yeah, is this we got to we got to figure this out? Is this the first time a song's been like remade?
1: We um, had that cool. response. Are we talking about dubbed or remade? Because remade, no, because Guns N' Roses did "Live and Let Die," so it was purely covered.
0: I mean, okay. you had, you had the,
1: like the typical
0: Bond doo 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 and plenty of like techno songs. I like that one, but. I think, like, when you're talking about actually put into song, this was actually taken and put into a real song. It wasn't just, like, it wasn't just yeah. dubbed over. It was it was taken and, like, spit into a real full song.
2: And I like both songs. Don't get me wrong. But Let's go back to the gun barrel. I mean, I don't hate this gun barrel sequence at all. Looking at this one compared to the Roger Morwins are going to see, Y'all like Pierce Brosnan? I think he stinks. And Timothy Dalton. This is Connery's is my second favorite under Lazenbees. I don't hate it.
3: See, I
1: like Connery's in the previous ones. This gun barrel, I like the look of the gun barrel. What I don't like is the mute. You know, John Barry's music is a little slower here. It doesn't do it for me. It's not as fast paced. And I think the Connery delivery of it. Is one of my least favorites, though. I just do not like this, and the music's a little slower. I mean, I like that you got that that diamondy feel there, but Connery just looks a little wobbly. Yeah, it just doesn't. It doesn't do it for me.
0: It's not as best, but it's still good. No,
1: yeah. I, I mean, look, it's only Connery's second or third, right? The first three were not Connery, and then you had Lazenby, So,
2: yeah, I'm comparing this to this jabroni that we got doing the jump shot thunderball
1: was the first one that was connery and that one's not great either yeah i I don't mind it
0: i was i was cool with it i didn't think the gun barrel you know ruined anything for me it was it was a solid gun barrel what's next what are we chasing oh god
1: I'm going to rewind this a second. When they go through the wall, <laughs> it's clearly aluminum foil, and you can see it's stuck on the front wheel of the moon buggy. <laughs> I think that's about all we need to see.
2: Yeah.
1: Where I really think they did this whole scene a disservice, they could have saved some of this moon buggy chase, is if as soon as they break through the gate, they break into the big band John Barry, James Bond theme, right? If you got, if you got the band playing, you know, Mm -hmm. as he's like busting out in the moon buggy, it gives you an extra couple of points there. But the fact that there's no musical accompaniment, there's no sound and you just hear this little moon buggy in the desert, just sounding like a lawnmower. It's just bad.
0: Listen, First thing in my head, I'm thinking Vegas Strip, right? So I'm thinking, can you have a fucking car chase in the Vegas Strip? Or can you have something that just fucking guns it down there? And, and you don't get it. You never get anything that goes down the Vegas Strip. You got this moon buggy, like, terrible chase.
1: Well, you get a car chase, yeah. but not in the traditional yeah. sense on the Vegas Strip. They drive up and down one block around the cops, and it's a weird parking lot scene.
2: Yeah, they're
1: on old Vegas. Like, they're like, on Fremont Street.
0: Yeah, you're not you're not getting you're not getting the full a full Vegas strip chase. Like can
1: well, you imagine to that, you in be fair. Or like like, that go through the fly to through be, to, something? to be fair, we are talking about this was filmed in 1968-1969. Fremont yeah. Street was Vegas. Yeah, strip this is all didn't Vegas. strip didn't exist yet. This was this is Vegas.
2: Yeah. You know. Which I, I liked. I scored it a five because of that chase with the Mustang. Going on two wheels, going through the alley—that's the—that's the chase. This moon buggy's a joke. I—I I laughed during this scene.
1: My favorite though is I can't—I can't get a clip of it. I have to pull the full movie up. But at the very, very end of the chase scene, after he takes the guy out on the tiny little three-wheeler when he gets out to the end gate and he just ghost rides it away <laughs> and it just Connor just completely ghost rides the whip and then runs into the Mustang. And as he's driving away, you see the thing wobbling on the road by itself.
2: Yeah. And I, I can appreciate, <laughs> and I can appreciate the Mustang. You know, we got some American muscle in a James Bond movie for the first time, but well, the moon buggy. American muscle in Vegas, right? That's, that's yeah, funny. Right. But the moon buggy, it's a joke.
0: I, I, I agree. The Moon buggy was a joke. I, I scored overall chasings scenes a three. The moon buggy kinda just <laughs> watered watered everything down for me.
2: Nothing. It's the
3: worst. Yeah. It's the worst I, uh, chasing. It's the I was, worst. I
2: was a four point five on it. Three five. To this point, between this and Doctor No, it, this is the worst chase scene. This is worse than Doctor No. Listen, it was, it was <laughs>
0: comedic. It it added nothing to the film. It nothing. Was like oh, Bonds. Riding the fucking
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like whether they try to say the moon thing was fake with that set, like I don't...
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a four point five uh I'm a four point five overall. Fight scenes in this are pretty brutal. Not not a lot going on there. A couple of helicopters and things blowing up on the platform, but there's really nothing great there. I mean, the case has no idea how to shoot a gun, she falls off the back of a platform. More importantly, like that thing's so high up, how is she not killed falling from that going backwards but whatever so let's talk about some quotes again let's talk about
0: the quotes i thought i thought the quotes were lacking compared to some previous bond films here like i talked a little bit about all right you must be named after your father because of plenty o'toole thought i thought there was a great quote in there when bond says well i I tend to notice the small things you know blonde brunette stuff like that (laughs) um i thought that was a great bond quote but overall i thought the the quotes weren't great
2: yeah there's a there's a scene close to the end where he puts that cassette tape down tiffany case's Mm -hmm. bikini bottom is and he we alluded to it earlier. He calls her a bitch because, again, acting. Well, Blofeld steals it. And he's like, you yeah.
1: know, we're showing a bit more cheek than usual. And then they, right. they hand to her butt, and she's got the thing there. They steal her. And he's like, well, you know, such nice cheeks, too. And she goes running off.
3: The cassette yeah. of worthless matches.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, also, Bond referring to uh, Tiffany Case as a hearty breakfast is pretty good.
2: True. Middle of the road, just like everything else in this movie is to me. I gave it a
1: 5.5. I scored it a 4. I'm a 6.5 here. I also get a kick out of the one at the very, very end. Two bad guys come in, and they're calling the uh, the final bomb the Boom Suprice. Yeah. Uh,
2: and, no, and nobody's getting it. Nobody's getting it. This thing looks like a plastic piece of junk. And yeah. you know, the, uh, Tiffany Case thinks it's the most you know, delicious-looking thing. Uh, ever.
1: It's once again similar to all the, the bad guys having the best gadgets. The bad guys have the best quotes here, right? God wanted men to fly. He would have given them wings as they blew them up in a helicopter. And bad folks have the best quotes. They got the best stuff in this movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, when, I, when I'm when i doing my quotes, I'm, I'm thinking, like, what is the lasting quote? What am I going to think of this film? And I can think back to, like, what's the best quote of this film? And I didn't get one here.
1: One of the things I really bumped on, though, so I showed the clip where he escapes from the moon buggy. They go driving off. So they cut scene and it's Bond and her in the hotel penthouse, probably just having fornicated. And she delivers this line that really bumps on me. But she basically goes, is it okay if I start calling you James? So she now knows his name is James Bond. But up to this point, nobody has referred to him as James Bond. He's never revealed himself as James Bond. She's under the impression that he has killed James Bond. Like, that's one of these little plot holes that really bumps for me if you go back and watch that little section. It's this whole time she has no idea who he is, and then all of a sudden he's James Bond.
0: Well, that was my point before. It was like Tiffany Case was like, oh, you just killed James Bond. How the fuck does she know who James Bond is? Like, who the fuck is she? No, like, she, she's a jewelry dealer? Like, what's what's going on here? Like, how does she know? Like, is Bond just a fucking infamous guy at this point?
2: What's What's going on? He's supposed to be a secret agent. No one's supposed to know who he is. Right. I don't know. This is why Tiffany case thinks.
3: Back, oh, I love the hearse scene where he's like, oh, who died? My brother. I got a brother. Small world. And I also like the one where after Plenty O'Toole gets thrown out the window, <laughs> nice throw. <girl. laughs> I didn't know there was a pool down there.
0: <laughs> yeah. The funeral scenes are also like, it's a good point. The funeral scenes are are pretty funny you don't really understand what's going on but like these guys are just kind of the middlemen guys that are running the uh the funeral parlor are just like oh yeah we're we're gonna help out fucking all these guys eventually gonna get fucking off for it
1: that's what i really appreciate about the whole plot of this and why i was up there is like The first 50 minutes of this movie is like another layer of the onion because there's another middleman and another middleman and another middleman. It's why I really like the the, the villain and the reveal here because you could have done it really simply. But like every step of the way, there's another layer of somebody who's meant to kill the
3: previous person. And while on the subject of funeral people, like the last, purposely the last scene of Sean Connery shot was them loading him into a coffin and sending him ablaze. That's interesting. We can, well, we didn't know when uh, now, he don't, and don't forget too, at the end of this, Blofeld escaping the hotel
1: dressed as a woman. Right. Let me show you, baby. That ain't no woman.
2: It's a man. man. <laughs> Second time that clip has been shared. Yes. That's how good it is. Another quote. Uh, this could probably actually transition to our villain deaths is, one of the quotes that after he kills, I, I don't know if it's Mr. Went or Kid, they're, they're pretty much the same, same person to me. But uh, he's certainly left with his tail between his legs whenever he, like, <laughs> attaches that bomb. When he flips <laughs> them over <laughs> the end of the, the yeah. boat. <laughs> yep. That was good. Yeah, that's a good little quip. I mean, that's what we give a Connery, though. Now, now we go. Conclusions, villain deaths.
1: This is where the movie really takes a dive for me. I'm a 2.0 here. 2.0? Yeah, I'm, I'm really? low here. I mean what is, in theory, the ultimate death of Blofeld, because we never see him again until 30 years later. But is it, is it clear that this is Blofeld's death? Like, I don't know, no, but, that's, really... what, but that, that's my point here. We never see this guy again until Daniel Craig becomes James Bond, we never everyone hear about Spectre. And this guy is in a little battle sub, which is another awesome gizmo he has, but it literally gets picked out of the ocean, and then it just gets drop. That's it. You know, the Scorpion deaths are terrible. The deaths of uh of Wind and Waldorf and Statler of, of Bond here, their their ultimate deaths in the end here are just terrible. I mean they do no no justice to the deaths of the villains in the final like five minutes of this film.
2: None. Yeah I, I think the Mr. Kid and Mr. Went deaths are hilarious. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. I liked fake Blofeld's death at the beginning into what, I guess we're, it's either hot mustard or hot mud, whatever you want to call it. Magma, hot mud. Hot liquid mud. At magma, whatever you want to but, uh Yeah. Magma. And I, I think we see it's alluded to, I don't know if they ever say it, but I think it's Blofeld and for your eyes only at the beginning of that movie where I guess he dies in that movie too. <laughs> I don't know, but I gave it a 5.0. It's pretty average middle of the road. I-
0: Trey, I'm with you. I scored a 4.5. I think I think the death by mud was great in the opening. Yeah. I thought the scorpion death was like new and eccentric, but kind of weak. But well,
1: point of uh, point point of information, it is impossible to kill a human with dropping a scorpion behind their back. Okay. Uh, I actually dug into this. Their venom is not toxic enough to kill you instantly. It would probably take about a week, and that would mean like not having medical attention. Of the 1,200 species of scorpions that there are on the planet, only 20 of them have a potent enough venom that could potentially kill a human if there's some type of pre existing condition. So it's not, it's, it's nothing. And that death scene is terrible, right? That guy gets stabbed yeah, it's and
2: just terrible. falls. It's you,
0: this, is new, this is a new death. I've never seen a scorpion death before.
2: Yeah. So Rub some years' spawn on it.
0: Yeah, now that you give the facts, <laughs> fuck that. That's a terrible death.
2: It's a terrible death.
0: Yeah, but again, I like in my notes here I put like the last of Blowfield? Question mark Is it confirmed that he's dead? No idea. Is he's dead? I, I mean, know. He's smashing this fucking submarine, right? Like it's it's in a sub explosion. He's he's smashing it with the with the crane, right? Like what's what's going on?
2: Maybe this is how he gets his scar again. We don't it, know. Like well, there's no him.
3: confirmation here. I scored it a 4.5, and I thought, I thought it was overall weak. Yeah. I agree. A weak 5.0. The oil rig didn't have much. I liked the cruise ship with a Mr. Kid and Mr. Wint, but nothing special. Also, somebody of Bond's caliber, what's he doing going on a uh, Carnival Cruise Line ship?
1: Seems
3: cool. seemed a little quirky
1: to me.
0: I'm trying to find some girls.
1: And it was and it was Everybody a but uh, he had a girl with him on, on the Carnival cruise ship and like more importantly you you've got Willard White who owns a casino who who's kind of like the equivalent of what modern day Steve Wynn would be right multi billionaire and he's just hanging out on the dock waving goodbye to, to Bond he's not going to let him borrow his own beautiful home in the mountains or penthouse in Vegas or whatever other uber wealthy thing this guy has we're going to throw him on the mid level of, of the Carnival
3: Excelsior yeah. It's no Disco Valente. No. <laughs> Great boat name. Yeah. All right. Close this out.
1: My first boat
0: name right there. Disco Valente.
3: My favorite part of the movie was when he came out of that giant pipeline. I was walking my rack. Enjoyable flick. I had it at a 53 overall, but it was sad to see Sean Connery go out like this. I wish he would have had On Her Majesty's or something better.
0: Soup, I got your math wrong. I got you at a fifty one, but we'll talk about that later because I made
3: it in a refresh. I made it in a studio adjustment. Oh, in studio adjustment. Okay. <laughs> um, That's what we no, call. You got, you got what really you. good convincing points about the song and opening. Yeah, Soup, I, I do agree with you here though. I
0: I wouldn't definitely definitely doesn't challenge for the top Bond film in my opinion, but I don't think it would fall in my bottom five. I think it probably falls somewhere
2: in the middle. Yeah, I I got it – well, there's 24 Bond films, I guess. uh, I would put it somewhere in the 19 to 16 range probably in my top 24 or all 24 overall.
0: Yeah, I mean, out of everything that we scored, I don't think it threatens any of the other ones that may be top five. So. right.
2: This is, and this is another thing. I mean, other than you only live twice, you're thinking of these are top 10 Bond films that we're rolling through. Absolutely. It's kind of, uh, I think this is my lowest scoring one. With that being said, I don't think it's going to be, like you said, DJ, it's not going to be on my bottom five. We got uh, Roger Moore and Brosnan to go. I'm higher
1: than you guys on this one. I'm a big Diamonds fan. It's obviously not going to crack my top five. It's gonna hover in my like nine to twelve range, probably, give or take. It'll be within the top fifteen for sure. Probably like a an eleven, twelve. As I finally go through this and rearrange and see different things that I like, it could crack the top ten, but you know, maybe not. But I like diamonds
2: more than than other people. Yeah. So oh, DJ, what uh, you gonna rattle off some scores?
0: Yeah, I can rattle them off. Anyone anyone have any last bits before I go into this?
1: Well, we overlooked the bond quote, right? Or we said it but we didn't say it during the quote section, right? Right cat, wrong pussy. Right yeah.
0: cat, wrong pussy. Yeah. Listen, if if any of these are off, please correct me, but I've been trying to update these as we've been talking and everything that's been submitted, but I'll um I'll start with Mike here. Mike's got an 8 for plot. An eight for Bond performance, an eight for Bond villain, a uh, 5.5 for Bond girl, an eight for guns, cars, and gadgets, an eight for the song and opening sequence, an eight for supporting cast and MI6 and henchmen, 4.5 for chase and fight scene, 6.5 for the quotes, and a two for conclusions and deaths. Does that sound right, Mike? All right, so your total is a 66.5. So I'll go to Trey here. Trey's got a five for plot, a 7.5 for Bond performance, 6.5 for Bond villain, 3.5 for Bond girl, 6.5 for guns, cars, gadgets, eight for song and opening sequence, five for the supporting cast, MI6 and Henchman, five for the chase and fight scenes, 5.5 for quotes, and a five for conclusions and debts. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yep. So I got you at a 57.5 total. All right, Supel. Plot, I got you at a 5.5. Bond performance is 6.5. Bond villain, four. Bond girl, a three. Guns, cars, gadgets, seven. Song and opening sequence, a 4.5. Supporting cast, a seven. Chase and fight scenes, a 3.5. Quotes, of five, and conclusions and deaths, of five. Is that accurate? Yeah. Correct. So I got you at a 51 there. And then myself, these are all going to be accurate. I got you a plot, 4.5. A Bond performance, a seven. A Bond villain, a six. A Bond girl, a five. Guns, cars, and gadgets, an eight. Song opening sequence, is 7.5. Supporting cast, a five chase and fight sequence at three, quotes a four, conclusions and deaths a 4.5. So when you bring your total scores here, Mike comes in at the highest at a 66.5, Trey second highest at a 57.5, I'm the third highest at a 54.5, and Suple is the lowest at a 51. The overall score here is a 57.38. But, uh, is that,
2: um, is that yeah. the lowest, or is
0: you only live twice the lowest? You only live twice is the lowest. Well, which one's that? How much is that? That total was 55.375. Pretty close.
1: At uh, 49 total kills here, seven of which are made by uh, Sean Connery's James Bond. Up until this point, this brings us now, are we including – now this is the last time we'll see Sean Connery in an official James Bond capacity – um, he returns in 1983 for Never Say Never Again. So, throwing Never Say Never Again out up until this point, Mr. Connery has totaled 70 kills. Even 72, if you if you count Never Say Never.
2: Don't, <laughs> you like don't kills people in that. that movie. The <laughs> movie's so trash. Never say that again.
0: I did not. I did not count that in any of the rankings.
2: Yeah. No. No. Yeah, it's 70. I, I feel like that's done on purpose. 70 kills.
3: 70 kills. Interesting. The uh, movie also broke the box, rec- uh, box office record at the time. That mm-hmm. one did? Diamonds Are Forever broke the box office? Correct.
2: I, I was shocked. Any, uh, I guess people love them some Connery. Any, any closing thoughts?
3: Any other uh, fact here that we got to squeeze in? I have one. and I missed it earlier. What could have been? It was supposed to be a revenge movie, but not for James Bond the bad guy was supposed to be a brother of Goldfinger who was in the diamond trade. So, uh, have had that. it was, he was going to be a Swedish billionaire banker with a laser mounted super tanker. So I think, uh, we see the super tanker in a uh, spy who loved me, but, uh, what could have been with a second Goldfinger? Yeah, I would, I think I would have liked that way more. I know, like Die Hard where you got Hans Gruber's brother in a Die Hard with the Vengeance. You, you guys are
1: going to enjoy the closing here. It's a uh, deleted scene that did not make the cut of Diamonds Are Forever following the craps table of James Bond and Plenty O'Toole.
2: Uh, oh, yeah. me some Plenty I'm definitely going to enjoy this.
3: Pussy.
2: <laughs> I like the mermaid on the harp.
3: It's a little
2: boat. Uh oh. No good.
3: <laughs> hey, I didn't think you could really do that. I bet they charge you for it.
1: I was under the impression you were paying.
3: Well, it was still a very classy thing to do. Hey, listen. You're not a knight or anything like that, are you?
2: No, I'm afraid not. I'm your commoner.
3: Yeah. But don't feel bad. It doesn't make any difference to me. I'm a Democrat. Hi, Myrna. Hi, <laughs> friend. Love it. All right. White sauce. Hey, uh, Peter, you had enough of this? Thank you.
2: Aren't you enjoying yourself?
3: Oh, well, sure. But I. What I mean is, well, you've been so great and everything. I just wanted to thank you properly, you know. Well, maybe I could walk you to your door at least.
1: James Bond,
0: charming, sophisticated, secret agent. (laughs) Shaken,
1: but not disturbed.